0: Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Investigating Ikiga. My name is Joe Taylor, and today I have a very special guest that I've known for a very long time. His name is Lukolo Kentane, and we both grew up in the same hometown, a small little coastal town here in South Africa called East London, and we knew each other Through various church circles Um, he was a part of a church in East London and I was a part of another one but we often went on church youth camps together and through these camps we became friends and uh, we often used to play soccer together uh, on weekends and in school holidays and since uh, finishing at school uh, Le has done a heck of a lot with himself describes himself as a fire starter culture architect and a ladder builder he has done incredible work with uh, youth in the country he is currently the national director of alpha in South Africa and he's done a lot of good work at bridging the gaps between culture and religion particularly in the South African context he has uh, studied overseas in the UK uh, in Oxford and he, yeah in South Africa as well. He is a prolific hip hop artist and he has released many songs which you can find on various streaming platforms and his latest album came out this past year uh, in June and it's called Langa. So I really had a good time chatting to Lebo in this interview and i hope you enjoy it and gain some inspiration from it as much as i did good day uh, thank you so much for coming on the investigating ikigai podcast um, it's so good to have you and thank you for your time
1: thanks thanks brimann it's been a it's been a minute the last time I saw you I think you were leading worship at a camp
0: <laughs> I was gonna say we we have a bit of a history growing up in the same small town we often find ourselves on the same youth gatherings and youth camps and and all of that but uh, I think we've yeah We've got even both... some soccer, even and, some soccer. Yeah, I miss those days, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even
1: some soccer. So. But it's yeah. so, yeah, but it's good to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You yourself um, you aren't a stranger to the podcast scene, um, and you've actually had your own podcast that has been going now for a few years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's, yeah. it's called Intentional Conversations. Um, so, maybe before we jump into um, some of the other questions I wanted to ask you, let's start there. Um, as a new producer of podcasts myself, yeah, how have you found the experience of starting a podcast, maybe a brief introduction to what it's all about, and yeah, how has that experience been for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think with a lot of the stuff was, I want to be able to create stuff where it's an extension of my life. Hmm. Um in the sense of, like, I'm not trying to build a brand. I'm not trying to, like, um, you know, establish whatever in any sort of sense or way. There's nothing wrong with that in people who do that. But for me, it was like, hey, how do I kind of extend the conversations that I'm having, the thoughts that I'm personally having and the stuff that I'm wrestling with? And maybe some people might relate to that, Um, you know, even before the podcasting stuff. I mean, still, uh, I make music, right? And so with a lot of my performances and shows that have tons of conversations with people. And so I realized, hey, people actually like uh, hearing my um, my thoughts on stuff. Mm. <laughs> and I was really having these private conversations with a friend and friends. So we sort of decided, hey, why not we start a podcast um, where we sort of have intentional conversations in the sense of, hey, let's talk about the stuff that um, we are all wrestling with and wrestling through in a way that will hopefully bring some sort of harmony within people, Um, you know, not clickbaity stuff and stuff like that, but just sort of have intentional conversations and then kind of see where it goes. Um, And I'm really, really enjoying um, I'm really enjoying it because it's 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 literally just having a conversation with a friend. You know, we care about this country, we care about people Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: we want to potentially produce healthy content that will allow people to think for themselves, you know. So we said um, this is not a podcast. where We bring solutions or we bring what we are doing with our lives. This is a conversation, a place where we have conversations that will allow people to process and think and maybe they could have conversations with other people where we just start, start the fire Mm. hopefully allow people to have those conversations. Um, I don't know if we're doing a great job at it, but I'm enjoying the process of it.
0: Mm, I, I love that. And I've really enjoyed listening along. It's been very interesting, uh, especially some of the conversations that you have dealt with. Um, and yeah, if anyone's listening in, um, I definitely recommend that they go and check it out. Uh, intentional conversations on uh, yeah, most yeah. of the streaming platforms. Um, yeah. And yeah, choose your favorite one. And go and check it out. It's, it's very interesting. And I love what you said about everything that you, you've you been doing. Your music, your podcast is an extension of your life. And that, so that kind of leads us into this. this podcast is all about investigating Ikiga. And Ikiga is this Japanese concept of your life's purpose. The thing that motivates you. The thing that wakes you up in the morning and gets you excited for the day. So before I contacted you about coming on the podcast, is it a phrase that you had ever come across before or was it the first time hearing it?
1: Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times. Um, I, I think people like you, like clever people who like read a lot of books, um, find all these like great illustrations or great words from like different cultures. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> I actually I ran across a it like... by such like coincidence. It was in another... Book that I was reading, you're right. But yes. um, it just, the, the way it was described sparked my interest. Uh, and it's what yeah. got yeah. me going on, on this podcast and um, just chatting to people that inspire me about their life's purpose, their thing that mm. gets them up in the morning. So if you had yeah. to say, uh, in a few words, perhaps, um, I know it's a tough one and our Ikiga is changing all the time, but at this point yeah. of your life, what is that thing? that wakes you up in the morning? What is the thing that motivates you to do what you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true, bro. I think if you had asked me maybe five years ago or ten years ago, it would have come up very differently. Mm. I've actually sort of now said um, my 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 life's purpose uh, at this current moment in time, I'm recently married. I'm two years married is to serve my wife. (laughs) And potentially, you know, if God blesses us in that way, so my family, my, you know, have kids and things like that. Mm. I, I have a passion for this country, I have a passion for changing people's lives in whatever way. Uh, but I realize that if my passion is too strong for all that other stuff and I'm not exuding that same passion, that same sort of consistency and love for my family, for mm. my wife, um, I, I, I think it could all be futile at the end. Mm. Um, but 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 more than anything, my my life's sort of purpose and what I enjoy doing besides this is creating bridges for people. Mm. Um, I, I would consider myself a bridge builder, a bridge maker, um, or a ladder builder in the sense of allowing people to to go from taking one step just to the next step, um, you know, and figuring out what what it looks like to to allow people to take that next step in whatever direction that they feel they need to go into and if i could play any part in that that would make me make me very 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 excited you Mm -hmm. know um and i was so focused on that now i've been like you know i still need to do that but i need to do that much more in in my my home right i need to do that much more at home yeah and this is the harder one this is the harder one it's it's easier to like Help people on the outside. Yeah, I mean, it requires tons of patience, tons of money and time. Mm. But the harder part is being involved in building these bridges or these ladders at home, mm. because these are the people that irritate you the most. You know, um, and and so and so, I think it's just trying to to balance a bit of those worlds.
0: Yeah, oh, that's very interesting, and um, I must say I I agree with you there, and it's, it almost seems like. The priorities come into the conversation. Um, how is that that purpose of your life at the moment being a focus on family and building that time? How has that affected your time management when it comes to the work that you do, people that you see, the way you structure your week? How how has that changed the way you you manage your time?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just involving my family in. Mm-hmm in my thought process, um, like, for example, I've enjoyed your journey as a, as a minister. Right. And um, and and I, I could I can definitely connect with some of the thinking process and processes that you've been through. Mm. And so what I found for me is one of the most important things is making sure that my family is with me along the way. You know, so processing stuff and not having these compartments of this is just for work or this is just this or just that. It, it's the beauty of being able to go complain to my wife that Liverpool lost last
0: night. <laughs> no, we, we're and, not talking about soccer today. But.
1: And and still complain that this person who's written this book has just done a horrible job. Or, mm. uh, or you know, you need to listen to this podcast. It's speaking about key performance and science. And, mm. Or hey, this is something I've realized around uh, the nutrition and how best it it fits my body, looking at my blood type and things like that. It's, Mm. It's not having these sort of compartments that I'm processing or doing with other people or alone, but it's actually including my family with it and allowing them to grow and to change and to process with me. Um, I think for me has been a benefit, has, has been great. I mean, every week we, we try to spend intentional time together mm. uh, without, without any major sort of distractions. Every week we try to have people over in our mm. place. Um, that's, uh, we try say once a week, we need to spend time together. Once a week, we need to bring other people into our space because that's what makes us feel alive as a mm. family um, when we are uh, a, a bit more open, a bit more open-handed. And so that's a priority to us. And, um, and every week I try to do something that will light my fire alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, and, uh, she's, she, um, you know, Ziggy, my wife is also really trying to figure out what that, what, what that sort of looks like. All this like once a week stuff is, 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 and people could contextualize it and use it their best way. But what I found helpful for me, Joe, mm. has been include my family in my thought process. If I'm having a tough time at work, mm. um, you know, the, the, the first thing is I should process some of that with my wife, right? Mm. <laughs> and not just say, "Ah, oh, no, that's just uh, selectively just for work." Yes, it's important. Obviously, this confidential stuff and things like that. But just to process, because I just mm. realize the emotional connection that comes with, 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 with my life not having compartments. Mm. Um, I had to recently say to a friend. Um, Yo, don't tell me your secrets, because I'm probably going to tell my wife. <laughs> I'm probably not the right person.
0: Um, and a lot of people do com- compartmentalize their life. Um, yeah. And they end up hiding things from those closest to them. Uh, and those yeah. that, you know, they can probably trust with some of their biggest burdens and that. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. so encouraging to you. And I mean, like you say, you've only been married two years or so so it's still yeah. you know early days and you guys are learning as you go but it's so encouraging yeah. to to see that
1: yeah 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 and i think you know my favorite word is intentionality hence right? <laughs> the mm. podcast mm. it's just being intentional about some of that stuff and um, and some of the stuff and so mm. if my family my wife is a priority like i really have to be i have to be intentional about it
0: oh that's awesome i'm going to come back to that compartmentalizing Thing a little bit later but i like what you said about um your your purpose falls in line with building bridges i I don't know if you've ever heard that that uh, phrase talking about we all have um bricks to build with and many people especially in the line of work that i think you and i do working in churches and mission work and with christians often not only but often we see bricks being used to build walls Um, to block people from certain things to exclude people to separate Uh, and I love what Mm -hmm. you said about um, you feel like a part of your purpose is building bridges so you take with the things that have been given to you and you use them to to build bridges particularly with your family and your wife Um, but how does that extend also into your business work that you do, um, you know, outside of the home, do you also find that building bridges is a, a big part of your call and your your purpose?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as I said, I'm passionate about people, passionate about this country. Um, the one thing I I've, I had to demystify in my in my in my mind, the hardest person to change in, is myself, right? Mm. Is I'm passionate about changing people's lives. Um, but I've always been selective, you know, give them all the right information, make them read all the right books, make them do all of this stuff. But how does it look like for them holistically? Right? Like Mm -hmm. I, as a person, I'm a holistic person. Mm -hmm. If you change one aspect of my life, it might not drip into all the other aspects. And so what does it look like for us to uh, for myself to create pathways or build bridges that will help people grow holistically? and not just in one sort of shape, format, or way. So, mm. so my passion was to, to help young men that uh, have grown up in a normal South African society who don't have opportunities after they've graduated from high school or past matric, let me mm. say. Um, tons of youth uh, unemployment in this country. Mm. Um, and I can't say I love people if I'm not somehow involved in trying to break that one step at a time. Mm. Uh, it's obviously a huge thing. it's It's millions of South Africans mm. who are die. If you drive into any township at the moment, you'll find lots of young people chilling on the side of the road. Mm. Uh, not because they might not have any educational uh, background. It's just there isn't enough opportunities. And so what so what does what does that look like? And what does it look like for me being blessed with what I have, right? I can mm. speak good English. I, I, I have access to some people to some resources. Um, Do I use that for myself or do I somehow use it to also help other people? And so that for me is what sparked um, a lot of saying, hey, how do we live a tangible impact in this country one person at a time? Mm -hmm. And maybe one thing that I could do is just to help a young man to find a job. Mm. Um, and and to process with that young man, you know. So so whether it's family drama or or or, 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 or issues at home, or how do you handle finance? Um, how do you grow and build from this level to the next level? Uh, I've, I've got a huge passion for the country, but maybe if I just focus on on Joe, you mm. know, if I if I just walk a journey with Joe, if mm. I, I I I open my life to Joe. The ripple effect is not just Joe, but it's also Joe's friends and Joe's family. Mm. And and so if I just do that, if I could help young men break the cycle of poverty in their lives, um, I think I'd be a happy person. And so that's what I've tried to do. Mm. Um, and using a bit of my media uh, experience, so for an example, a lot of the people that I work with, are people that have taught how to do graphic design or videography or sound engineering or planning an event or planning a show and saying, "Hey, this is something that Joe is um, loves to do. Could we create other pathways for extra income for yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you, you're creative. Cool. Let's create other avenues for you to get income whilst right. we are working on this together with what I'm currently with, with what I'm currently doing. You know." And so just yesterday as well, just had a great call with um, another young creative I'm working with and just banging the drum that there's more, there's more, Mm. there's more and there's more, um, you know, but you need discipline Mm. (laughs) for you to get the more. If you don't have the discipline, you're not going to get the more. It's all up to you. And I, Mm. I, I love that I get to have encouraging conversations, but also hard conversations that are needed. And, you know, and and, and so that's so that's how it's sort of looking like uh, for me. Joe, I'm still trying to obviously figure out how do we how do we maximize and do more. But but at the moment, that's what it looks like for me Mm -hmm. to build bridges. You know, take a young man who's never who just finished with trick who didn't finish it by fluke, but um, has an interest in something and connecting them with people that they that could encourage them, but they feel insecure, they feel worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and walking the journey with, with them um, is, is, is what excites me. And I feel like I enjoy doing so.
0: Like you said, we so easy to look at our country and see the unemployment rates and the immense poverty and to, to want to fix it, you know, and have this grand dream of all poverty being eradicated. But it starts with one person often. Uh, You know, like you say, often we don't have access to changing the whole country in a single moment, but it's the little things we can do. And it's so cool to see how you have used your gifts and your talents to be able to inspire and help the younger generation, the people who don't have or haven't had the opportunities that perhaps you have had. And yeah, what
1: you're given is not yours, you know, it's um, and it's a hard thing to 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 fully grasp because you still need to get good at what you're doing but you also have to hold the tension that it's not yours
0: no definitely and was there ever some uh, a moment that sparked this building bridges type purpose for you um was it something that you were born with and you've developed over time or was there ever like a moment or two in your life where you were like wow this is where i think i need to be what did you want to be when you were growing up Let's (laughs) Let's start it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wanted to be a, a, a soccer player.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: okay. <laughs> um, I then fell in love with media. So always seen myself somehow on TV somewhere, um, you know, or, or, or curating media. So I've always had a love for entertaining people in some shape, format, or way. Uh, Maybe I had that for all the wrong reasons, like maybe fame or getting all the girls I wanted or whatever. Um, But I've always loved that. And then I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, I realized all my friends in high school would come to me with maybe issues from home or their own personal issues. And uh, they would come process it with me. I never knew why. And then I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. And I looked at that and then I realized, oh, my goodness, I don't like studying. It's going to take me like ten years. Um, And so I was like, hmm, maybe I need to choose something else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fell in love with theology, philosophy Mm -hmm. um, and recently social science um, a bit later. And so that's what I've mostly been uh, diving into most of my time now. Um, uh, How did I know? I think some of the most impactful people in my life were not the superstars or the people I saw out there, but actually were my 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 parents. I think people undervalue the impact that parents have, and um, I look at my own life. I'm like, man, I'm I, one wouldn't have the opportunities I had if it wasn't for all their hard work. But number two, the way they treated people. Number, you know, we always had people at our home. Um, we they were all there was always people at our home that we uh, were taking care of if somebody always had an issue they knew they could always come to our place there would be moments and times when somebody would come to our place hungry um and i wouldn't have supper that night uh the supper that was cooked i'd have to give them over my supper and i'd have to go have something else right so mm. you were blessed to be a blessing right mm. like it's I am living in a house with two parents who love me and giving my food over for one night is not going to rock my life. Right? But those small formational things actually said, hey, your life is not your own. Like mm. you are blessed enough. Right. Um, my mom is incredible. My dad has probably impacted my life in more ways, in more ways than other, I think. Um, and so I think watching them and watching them live their lives allowed and gave me vision but i i'm a builder in the sense of i like <clears throat> starting and doing things and so i wanted to learn from my parents but do my own stuff mm. <laughs> uh, it could be bad there's, there could be some good in that and so um but what struck me and what hit me was my first musical project at 17 was called blessed to be a blessing it was this thing i found out at 17 when i probably was my most selfish mm. um, I'm still selfish. But I think then it was the pinnacle of teenagehood where I cared most about what other people thought about me mm. and I wanted to be cool and famous at school. But I, this concept rocked me that I got from home, that I'm blessed to be a blessing. Um, and then I started to dream and think through how can I become a blessing in this world, you know? Um, Am I going to be friends with the people that go to all the nice schools that I went with or will I intentionally build bridges with friends that don't live in the same neighborhood and suburb I was living in? Um, Am I going to be intentional to look outside of my own privilege and blessing Mm. to be out there and be a bit uncomfortable? Um, What does it look like to be a blessing in this nation, you know, with all of our difficulties? Uh, what does it look like for my own personal life? Uh, my, my money, my talents, my blessings. So I think I started to dream through around that and figure out, um, you know, some of that. And I think a lot of it was an offshoot of watching my parents' lives, learning from all of their lessons mm. and then trying to figure out what sort of vision will I have for my own sort of life.
0: Right? Mm. Um, I love that and so cool to see how it has come through now that you are married you know and you building a family of your own uh to take yeah. the positives that you had growing up and implementing them yeah. in your marriage in your life uh, and using them in ways that benefited you um you know mm-hmm. like you said taking the blessings that you have and and blessing others with that so yeah, yeah. very very cool obviously i've Always known you, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we grew up in similar church circles and went on youth camps and and did things like that together. So I've always known you as a person who has had a a strong faith Um, Mm. since our youth camp days. It it always seemed like faith was an important part of your life. And you can see that coming through in your music, in your um, podcast, in, in the work that you do. Uh, if you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about your faith journey how would you classify your faith uh, at the moment how would you classify your faith journey Um, and then how would you say has your faith impacted your life's purpose at all how would you answer that
1: yeah i think um i mean i have to credit i have to credit my parents i have to credit my family and some of that, but also have to credit uh, some of the friends that I had in my life. I don't think I would uh, have faith if it wasn't for some of the, the the close friends that I had. And it wasn't because I wanted them because I loved all the teenage kind of things that people did and uh, all the fun and all of that. But I think it just took some intentional friends who were going to say, hey, man, like there's so much more in you, um, you know, tap into, tap, in, tap into God. And I think seeing my parents' faith come alive was also amazing, right? Seeing their mistakes and seeing their faults, but still see them kind of uh, holding on to holding on to God was a a, you know amazing thing. And I think you know, Joe, um, if I if I look at the trajectory of my life without faith, it probably would have been a very self centered, Mm. um, kind of self fulfilling. Uh, trying to live my best life now, right? Uh, young people call it the soft life. Um, my natural inclination is to be selfish. And I'm not saying I'm not selfish. I'm still am. But my natural inclination is to think about myself and what I want for yeah. me, right? Um, and I think what faith has done has has made me be able to say, um, hey, I'm not as good as I think I am. And I'm, I'm I'm more selfish than I think I am. I need to let go. And the beauty of letting go is is finding the freedom in my own limitations um, and holding on to somebody holding on to God who who can give me the power and strength, even if I'll fail, right? But there's this assurance that I I, I can be more, I can do more if if I let go. Um, mm. and so that's been that's been the journey with its all of its ups and downs. Um, and at the moment, it's 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 not even nurturing my faith. If I could describe where my faith is now. It's it's um, it's just going back to the it's going back to the basics. It's, mm. it's, uh, I, can, I can get lost in the weeds. Um, it's just really going and getting back to the basics. I mm. I would love for for my faith to be authentic, to be real mm. and to be basic. Um, you know, what does it look like to love God? with everything I have, love people, love mm. this world. What does it look like to build a kingdom that's not my own? Mm. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm.
0: Sure. No, that's cool. And I, I love the way you talk about an authentic faith, an authentic life. Um, you spoke earlier about wholeness, um, having a having wholeness in every area of your life, in your family, mm. in your work, in your faith life. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about that compartmentalizing that people love to to separate so they'll have their family life and they'll separate it to their work life and their social life or whatever and you spoke a bit about bringing those together Um, have you found the same thing with your with your faith that it needs to be a part of every part of your life that you don't compartmentalize it into your spiritual life and your secular life
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I will say this, that we can't separate it because we, we, you know, it does drip feed into Mm. into every other area of your life, in the sense of like, if I'm not emotionally mature, I'm not going to be spiritually mature, Mm. if I'm not emotionally mature, I'm not going to be financially secure, right? Um, It does drip feed, obviously. If I'm not aware of my emotional stability or instability, then I won't be aware of my spiritual stability and instability. And I think maybe the, the cue for us is to be aware of all these different areas of our lives, to find ways of integrating them all together. But being aware of the shortcomings, the shortfalls, the instabilities and the stabilities. Is is it is it possible to be holistic? 100% yes. Is it hard? A hundred percent, but 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 I think the, the, the practice is for us to daily try do that. It's it's like making a bad financial decision. You know, you shouldn't be buying this thing that you're buying, but everything in you says buy it.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> and then you buy it and then you're like, oh, my goodness. And then you wake up tomorrow and say, cool, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be better today. I'm <laughs> try to be aware of the emotions that led me to buy that, you know, mm. buying that for the purpose or was I buying it because I feel under pressure that other people have other nicer stuff than I do Mm. or I was buying it because at that moment in time, I was just alerted by it. And so what is that saying to me? And so that's the same thing with our spiritual lives as well, you know? Um, And so I think it's it's that daily work of trying to be holistic. Mm. Um, And and I think the moment we stop is when we fall into danger, when we say, ah, I've tried everything and it's not working um i i think if i could put god in this is that i think uh, those are the type of people god likes to work with the ones who have their hands up who kind of said i've tried i've tried i've tried that's when god works here
0: yeah definitely and that actually leads me to to my next question because one thing that i've noticed when it comes to faith when it comes to life when it comes to our ikiga our our last purpose often it's those moments of surrender where we find ourselves being found. So you spoke about God loves to work with those people who are willing to throw their hands up and say, I'm not capable to do this on my own. I need help. And often it it comes as well when we identify our calling in life, in moments of pain, in moments of hurt. And we realize perhaps this is a, a hurt that I need to help address as well. Or, you know, it helps us identify where God wants to use us, for those of us who believe that God wants to use us, but just also to discover our life's purpose. So I don't know if you have had any experiences of wounds in your life, any hurt or pain that you have experienced that has helped you to identify where you are called.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of name all of them would be here the whole day. But I think one of the most formative things that happened in my life was that my parents uh, got divorced. Um, I was probably about five or six. Mm-hmm. It was so traumatic that I still can vividly remember uh, what was happening between that time period. I sure. remember the fights. I remember the disagreements. I remember um, not seeing one of them in the house. I remember being taken to friends' homes for them to to fix their lives. It, it was a very formative moment for me. At the moment, at that moment, I wasn't aware that my parents were getting divorced. This was all I knew, but I knew that things were not as healthy as they should be, but I never knew what health was um, until I never saw my one of my parents for a year and then one of my parents for two years, for three years and five, years went by it wasn't that my parents didn't explain the situation uh, Mm -hmm. uh, to me but there was a hurt inside that i was like they are trying their best i can't come and complain that i i miss one of my parents Mm -hmm. um they, they they definitely are trying their best and and so i just sort of moved on with life i i was happy at the fact that they'd buy me a kfc every now and then or whatever right I look at it now as an adult and say man that period was extremely difficult and hard. I missed out on something that I probably wish I should have gotten. I would have loved to come back home and do my homework with one of my parents so come back uh, home and say hey on Saturday I'm having a rugby match could you come watch right all mm. these things that I probably saw my friends have that I also wish I had. And and so I think that said, hey, if I could be that friend, if I could be that brother, if I could be that cousin, if I could mm. be that person who could process the pain with the person mm. who can also be a support, um, a friend, a brother, then I would love uh, to, to be there. I think a lot of people are dying in silence. Um, and so if I wasn't aware that. I was doing all the stuff that I was doing because I was insecure because mm. I, uh, one of my parents wasn't in the house and the, you know, everything led to divorce. And if I would never dealt with the root cause of that insecurity, that wanting that love and that affirmation, uh, I would have never been able to probably walk this journey of wholeness now uh, because I would have never dealt with the root cause. Right. Um, and so I think I think so, so, so that's one thing for me has been, Hey, you know, what does it look like for me to be a help and to be a blessing, Mm. um, around some of, around some of that and, and some of the the life experiences and stuff that I, and stuff that I saw. Mm. Um, and then I think, I think another one has been, um, has was the realization that, um, God has incredibly blessed me with stuff and not financial stuff, but it's incredibly blessed me with um, experiences. Oh, man, And I think I'd I'd rob the world if I'm not trying to uh, be a blessing to somebody else, you know, in in, in some shape, form or way. Like I'm not trying to be um, an influencer or whatever, um, you know, but, you know, in my own personal life, how can I? Uh, be a blessing i might not understand your situation but i could listen and learn um i could be there so i think small moments like that were like you know i i i I want to be that sort of a person so that's so yeah i would say those those um those sort of two situations but the first one was the most formative one
0: it does sound um i mean we all know those are massive life-changing moments that could um affect people in many different ways So encouraging to hear that you had support from friends and and that you were then encouraged to be that support to others. And I love that phrase you keep coming back to. um, And you said it was one of the first, I think it was your first album or something, Blessed to be a Blessing and i've I've seen that through through the work even back when we were teenagers and um, you would be putting on shows and using your your lyrics and your music to to change people's lives or to yeah. uh, encourage people with what you had been given so maybe we can just chat a little bit about some of the the things that you do and you have done and some of your passions i know that you started um, what is called the living legacy movement um Mm. and that was a, a long time ago now i think when it started but it's certainly grown to incorporate a bunch of different things i know you've got Uh, partners or or people assisting you with that you've got your podcast going i think under the same name if not name but the same um, umbrella umbrella, if i'm not mistaken so yeah maybe tell us a little bit about the living legacy movement what's it all about
1: yeah thanks joe yeah so i mean it's um it's it's uh, in a in a re kind of shaping format at the mo- at the moment, but my big passion was uh, media, as I said, and uh, I <coughs> had the passion of creating soundtracks that will shape people's lives. Um, kind of you know we we if you know you you know you listen to one song and it takes you back to a moment in time. And I was wondering if we could do that with some of the music that we were doing um, in, in, in hopefully forming and shaping people's lives in some uh, shape and in some format and in some way. and um, and uh, yeah, and I think we, we really enjoyed that. We've probably released about ten to fifteen sort of music projects and albums from about five uh, different artists uh, over the time, and which of those artists have been people that I've worked with, um, kind of helped to to grow. Um, who've also been a huge blessing to me and in my life as well. It's been a completely flat structure. I'm not anyone's mentor or anything. It's mm. been friends on a mission. Friends trying to hopefully uh, create music or content that will uh, shape people's life in, the, in, the, in a good mm. way. And yeah, we we're, we're, we're obviously grew up in a very nice, beautiful, small town called East London, uh, which I, I definitely still enjoy. And my heart was actually to stay there. Um, my heart was never to travel and to go out, um, because I, I, I was, a, I'm aware and I didn't like the allure of going to the big city to make it. Um, mm. when you could be the blessing to your community, right? Mm. I, I didn't like this whole thing of moving abroad or moving elsewhere to, to, to go and make it so that everybody who you left behind and now celebrates you. But what mm. does it look like for us? to be down in the trenches and to walk with people, Uh, but God gave us uh, some good opportunities to travel and then uh, ended up getting an opportunity to stay in uh, Cape Town. And I actually got into pastoral ministry for about five to six years, which is great as well. Um, I learned a lot. And when we were there, we did a whole lot of stuff in prisons and lots of music. A whole lot of stuff in schools. Um, we we did a whole lot of stuff with the university students around around Cape Town, the Western Cape as well. We got to travel a bit um, around, um, and most of it, if not all, was self-funded. Um, we we would put up all these shows, lose a whole lot of money, but people's faith would be rekindled there, and and that was my passion. If we could use music as a, as a platform, it was mm. never anything um spiritual you know would just be us making music, performing our music and people's yeah. lives or destinies would be changed in some way i enjoyed that i enjoyed uh, using creativity as a way of starting conversations and i think from there the passion grew to um oh and using living legacy so some of the media stuff that we're creating as a discipleship hub um, yeah. and discipleship not in or an apprenticeship hub um, in the sense of teaching people skills that could potentially earn them money, you know. So whether one's a graphic designer, one's a videographer, or whether one's a sound engineer, or one is a producer, you know, working alongside these people uh, together, but also saying, hey, you could actually make money out of this, and helping people in that in that sort of way. Uh, twenty twenty, we had always actually wanted to start a podcast. I think maybe from about mm-hmm. twenty nineteen. Um. And so I think with 2020 and being at home and things like that, we said, hey, I think we should actually start jumping on. Um, Started seeing that a lot lot of people were consuming long form content Mm. and not just short form. Um, And so that uh, started and I really, really enjoyed. And not just that, we've been getting into spoken word as well, just Mm. trying to create resources that people could use and enjoy um, and still doing some of the music at the moment i'm doing mostly talks um i uh, got an opportunity to go study uh, apologetics and so actually a lot of my time now is um spending time with people like you speaking and and sometimes i get invited to speak at churches or um, schools and stuff and help people wrestle through some of the big questions of life which i really enjoy um and um yeah what else yeah i think i think uh, what I realized Joe, is that I'm a builder, okay. coming up with stuff and, and just building, you know, mm. using the bricks that life has given me uh, to build. And the, and the big passion was, could we create um, content, not that this generation will consume, but the next generation. Mm. So that the, the questions that I'm wrestling with, or my generation is wrestling with the next generation could find um south african voices people like joe people like myself or people mm. like you know marvin kumani who i work with mm. and so i said hey we need to start writing we need to start creating written content audio content mm. and visual content not just for this generation but for the next generation um and so we've created a, a actual resource website called uh, it's a it's uh, livinglegacymovement.com, or you can uh, get into our website. The blog section which is actually where we put all our content um, with the hope that uh, maybe the next generation uh, um, could could find some South African voices who are addressing South African issues in a way that is helpful and a big passion of of uh, um, helping people to engage with the Bible. And so we're dreaming and thinking through that as well in our South in our different South African languages um, to 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 help people. So so still lots of dreaming. It it might all look a bit different, but um, so but that's what mm. we kind of at at the moment.
0: Oh, that's awesome! And it's it's good to you know grow and adapt and dream. Um, and I think it's good that the Living Legacy movement doesn't look the same as it did when it started. You know, however many years ago. Because it's yeah. it's growing with the needs that arise, and something you you mentioned earlier made me laugh because often Christians in particular they we we tend to feel bad about building a brand of some sort, and I think it's because there is that tendency that all human beings are selfish, and when we yeah. start to gain followers and um, popularity we tend to take that upon ourselves and let it grow our ego and that but when i think of growing a brand as a creator whether you are a christian or not if you are using that brand to um or that movement to to bless others then ultimately it's it's fulfilling the the purpose that god has has given you so it, it is It's scary sometimes to want to build something, you know, because we we tend to think, oh, well, we're just doing this so that we can be popular, that we can be famous, that we can be rich. But I think as long as we are keeping, like you said, everything that we have, everything that we're getting, um, and we're reusing it to be a blessing for others, Mm -hmm. there's no greater stewardship of what God has given us than that. Yeah, which
1: so yeah, I, just... I, I enjoy what you're doing as well. You know, I think even I enjoy your book reviews. Uh, <laughs> you read so many books, I feel offended. <laughs> I wish I could be like Joe and read like a book a week. <laughs> um, and I, I think I think, you know, what you're doing and also just your passions and some of the stuff that you are really passionate about, mm. there's so many people who you could unlock mm. the imagination and people's lives that you could change. Through just producing and putting it out on the mm. internet and sending it around to people, I, and and so I think like let's let's continue to to produce because mm. there's narratives that we could change, there's people's lives that we could change, and mm. it might not happen as quickly as we want, or it might not be the best way that we want it, but you never know the the, the lives uh, that you could change, right? Um, and so I think for me it's like hey like use what God has given you, the talents and just take it up and, and yeah. like see what people and see what people would do. So I'm encouraged with you with the podcast.
0: And that's one thing I want to do with this podcast is to hear different voices, to to hear from different people from all walks of faith and life. Um, and it's just been so encouraging to to hear from you, to hear your story, to hear the the journey that God has taken you uh, and to see where your current passions and last purpose lies. Um, so no, really, thank you for the time. and we we are coming to the end of our our time together. So just before we we close, I wanted to ask you because sometimes the world can get so overwhelmed with the negative. There's a lot of bad in the world and in our country that we have to acknowledge, but sometimes we get so consumed and overwhelmed with that that we sometimes forget or struggle to remain hopeful. So I wanted to ask you, Lubdolo, uh, Uh, What is the thing that you are hopeful about for the future? Um, What is one thing that just brings you hope for the future of this world, of this country, for your family, whatever it might be? What is something that brings you hope?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think it's difficult to have hope if you're not in the mess, right? Uh, People that lose hope the quickest are the ones that start to separate themselves and get into different silos. And so when I think of like where this country is, where the world is, if you're not in the mess, if you're not in the yak, if you're not in the rubbish, if I could use that word, it's hard for you to keep hopeful because from there is where you will start to actually gain strength. Like when you separate yourself from the issues of the world, uh, the issues that other people are facing and you start to say, well, that's Joe's problem and not my, my problem, mm-hmm. that's their problem that's when you start to to lose hope because it always amazes me that people with the most hope are the people in the most dire situations and people who have the most and the best of things are the people that are at least hopeful they they um they stutter and shut down when news of the world happens. um but some of the most hopeful people are the people that don't even have half of what I have or what half of what you have. So it's hard to keep hopeful if you're not in the mess. And so as much as you asked me the question, I'd I'd have to ask you a question and say, or the listeners and say, what fight are you fighting? So my answer is, um, I keep hopeful by being in the mess, by being in the yak, by having the difficult conversations, by being in uncomfortable situations, um, Mm. by not trying to live a TV celebrity life, but actually to be in the mess and to be in the yak. Uh, as a Christian, I I say, where would Jesus be? Where would Jesus be? Not just what would Jesus Jesus do, where mm. would Jesus be? I think he'd be in the mess in the yak. And so that's what keeps me hopeful.
0: Mm. No, that's so profound. And yeah, I don't even want to add anything because um, it, it really is. Oh, man, it's just been so cool to to hear your story. Um, I really appreciate your time. It seems like the theme from this episode has been that um, you are blessed to be a blessing. And that's certainly something that you seem to have realized and that you've chosen to use the bricks that have been given to you to build bridges. And you do that through your family, through your work, through the Living Legacy Movement, through your passions um, and throughout your life. So... Yeah, it's it's really encouraging, and yeah, thank you. If people are listening in and they would like to find out a little bit more about you, or perhaps get in touch or follow some of the stuff you've been doing, um, where can they do so?
1: Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's been it's been it's been it's been great. Um, living Legacy Movement, so living, uh, and then Legacy, and then Movement. Um, uh, dot com is our website with all of our sort of information, and then obviously my name is Lutolo Kendane um or if you want to listen to some of our music it's Lux like the soap and kent like the cigarette so um you could you could definitely find some some find some stuff there but i think the website uh, has a bit more of all uh, all of the information but uh, but thank you so much so i really appreciate moments like these i was honored mm. that you that you thought of me i love what you're doing and i'm definitely on your side so thank you
0: uh, thanks so much really appreciate it and i'm sure we'll carry on the conversation so let's keep it going let's continue doing your thing blessing others empowering others and i know that just through this conversation there'll be people listening in who will be inspired um, and encouraged by what you have said so thanks my brother
1: thanks joe appreciate it